Hello and welcome to Springboard at Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point where the greatest minds in the world converge. Your Virtual University is brought to you by the kind courtesy of MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with support from the graphic business. And of course, this is powered by the Springboard Roche Foundation and the Multimedia Group. If you have just joined us and have not been around for the past few weeks, make time to check out our series in the Engine Room on my YouTube page, Albert Okran, and you will find some amazing nuggets from behind the scenes with frontliners in various fields. Today we bring you an exclusive one-off interview called The Legends of Our Time. It's an opportunity for us at Springboard to celebrate someone who has made a significant contribution to our national development in a way that is memorable and in a way that we believe should be immortalized for generations to come. It's our way of saying that while the person is with us, we must demonstrate as a nation that we appreciate what they have done so it becomes a record for posterity. On the 24th of March 1999, a couple in Krobo, Benjamin and Eunice Amui, welcomed a set of twins, twin girls into their home. It was a mixture of joy and shock. Joy at the birth of the twins, but also trepidation and shock because the twins were joined together. That fear, that shock, turned into joy 56 days later on the 19th of May 1999 when a team of medical personnel did what was considered impossible at the time and unprecedented in Ghana. They successfully separated the twin girls. We are joined today by the surgeon who led the team to conduct that mind-blowing operation 22 years ago. Our guest on Legends of Our Time, Dr. Winfred Mensah Hodasi. Doc, good to see you. Thank you. Just talking about this alone gives me goosebumps. That must have been an incredible experience of your lifetime. Yes. Definitely. Um, what happened was this, that uh, earlier on, all of Sami's children were not existing. In other words, they were, they were not being separated. You see, we, had, we lost a lot of these children in the hospital at Kolebu uh, because, either because of the abnormality they had, uh, where they were used up and so on, it was not possible to separate them. So it has, it has been a problem in our work for a long time. Help us to appreciate, for the benefit of those of us who didn't go to medical school with you, yes. help us to appreciate the phenomenon of conjoined twins. How did they get to be joined? Well, they are joined when the fetus is growing. It divides up automatically. But then at a certain point, the, it stops separating and then 
so that the, the complete development uh, could not complete itself. So, so is it a case of one, it, one egg that should have split into, to give us twins yes. and the split was not complete? It was not complete. Yes, so that, 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 is, that is the major theory for this existence, you know. So when they are joined like that, does it mean they share some, they share some body functions? Yes. Organs are shared? Yeah, they, they, could share, they could share any other organ. You see? So the Tiamese twins share, let's see, a liver? Yes, they, 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 they share the liver, they share a little bit of their, their heart, not, I mean, part of their heart, right, and then the chest. Right, so uh, this makes it a little bit difficult to know how you are going to deal with the children. Because, you see, the way they are joined, sometimes certain blood vessels will pass through the other one. And uh, to separate these things, they are going to destroy one portion, leaving the other one behind. So unless you have a clear cut, to know how to go about it, uh, we never had successful operations. So I'm, I'm going to come to the, the, the pathway. Yeah. I'm very curious about what you call a clear path. But before we come to that, Doc, let's find out how frequent, I mean, reading around it, the, the notion we get is that it happens one with every 200,000 yes. births. Yes. Is, is that the case? That is true. It means that it's not very probable that it will happen. <laughs> Yes, so that you could say that it's not a common thing. It's not common in the sense that uh, if it has been common, you even know the, the theology, how it came about. But then it has not been studied well because there, were, there are occasional things. So you, you'll not be able to study one, but the time you finish the next one, there's none again for the next one for some years. So... No, no, nobody has been able to find out exactly how it comes about. So we only know that when the, 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 the fetus is dividing up at a certain point, it stops dividing. So by the time the whole thing is completed, right, when I say complete, I mean the, the fetus has grown up. You find out that still this portion is still joined, you see. So that's the theory we know about it. I'm going to find out about the particular twins you're talking about. Yes. But let's, let's still dwell a bit more on the general theory. It's, it's documented that one out of every three such births mm -hmm. dies within 24 hours. Why is it so? Yes, because they have a lot of abnormalities in the sense that Instead of, let's say, one blood vessel moving one direction to the other side, it goes the other way. It joins somewhere else. You see, so, uh, you know, if, if uh, there's a human being, I know I have a, a, the abdomen, I have the chest, I have the, the, the lungs and so on. Now, if the lung is there, okay, you know that when you see this, it is clear-cut, isolated. You cannot, this is the lung. And when it starts there, it goes up to the chest and whatever it's going. Now, if there is, the, the heart is there, you know exactly where the heart is going. But when these Chinese children are born, they have 
an abnormality. So that abnormality makes it difficult for them to exist because instead of one vessel moving straight directly to the other side, it goes somewhere else or it, it stops somewhere, it doesn't go further. So, for, so that the person is born, it's not complete. He can't exist. So generally, when, when, when Siamese twins are born, mm -hmm. what, what happens? Do they, are they left together or are they always separated? No, most of them die before, we call it, before they were born. Right? So, so uh, a bigger percentage died before. The other group, they die within 24 hours. Because they are not developed enough to exist. The organs and so on are not normal and they cannot, not, they cannot I mean, sustain the body. So they die before them. Those who, who live, who are operated upon, right? Now, if the operation is successful, even there, they don't live long, right? So occasionally you get them living longer like that because you, see, you must remember that in the human body the anatomy is either clear cut you have a head you have a chest you have a stomach and so on but somewhere along the line like what has happened at Reed Hospital the, the two heads fused together they are fused together like that they don't know inside whether there's something else abnormal and one other thing you should remember that where in the children, where there's an abnormality, it compounds up to other comp I mean, complications, right, or abnormalities. So in other words, a child may not have only one abnormality, it may have multiple abnormalities. Okay, so those who are born who may have two, three abnormalities which could be taken care of. Well, they may, it, there's possibility of, I mean, they are living longer. But then those who may have more or four abnormalities, you cannot correct all the abnormalities. Well, you can have as many as four or five? Yes, you can have. Really? Yes. <laughs> it, it's, that is why in the Siamese children, before you think about separating them or whatever, you have to observe them to see whether they are going to make it at all, right? For instance, if the children have the liver fused together, you have to see whether, are they developing jaundice somewhere, or is that, that, that particular, I mean, vessel or whatever it is, is it moving straight to a point, a, a direction where uh, if you separate the wells, because by the time you separate, you say that, oh, it's somewhere else. And you cannot, so you cannot separate some of them. Because when you are going to separate, you are going to destroy more. For that matter, you leave them. Yes. That is why it's, it's difficult to separate the same. But those who, when you leave them, do they still have a chance of survival? <laughs> no. No. So far as the anatomy is distorted, well, they, 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 they die on their own. That's why I said that. Uh, some people die the first 24 hours. Others become stillborn. Stillborn in the sense that they are, they are dead in the womb before, before, they, are, uh, before they, are, 
born, you see. So that's how it is. Those who are able to, to can, can survive the four to 24 hours, maybe if you look at the anatomy where you can do something for them. Other than that, they die because the, the anatomy does not sustain the body. Where did the name Siamese twins come from? It's the, the name is coming from, uh, what do you call it? It came from the Asia. At first, they were not called Siamese. It came from, uh, it just, just escaped me the name. But then, the, the, uh, the, 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 where they were born, they came from in the town called Siam. Siam. Right, so that they give the name Siam to them. So that's, that's like the first notable case yeah, that of is that it. kind of. That is it. That's okay. the first one. From the, they were born in Siam. You know, so, so, so they got the name for them to become. So we all borrowed the name. Yes. Doc, you describe a situation that is very risky. Yes. I mean, you say the abnormalities could be three, four, five. Yes. And you can't correct all of them. Yes. So going into a surgery like that, you know it's a very high risk yes. situation. Yes. Let me settle on the Amois because that's the reason why you're celebrating you today. Yes. How did you hear about their story? <laughs> yes, you see, first of all, you must know that Siami, the moment he has feels like that, they already, there's a big risk. You don't know whether you can separate them or not. You see them together, but inside there, you don't know what is moving on, whether their heart they, you, don't, you don't see it, whether their heart is also fused together or whether there's the, one of the vessels that go into their heart, let's see, it has enlarged or it has become narrow somewhere. So you don't know whether you'll be able to separate them because right. if, you don't, if you don't separate them, uh, but they are abnormal, this one is huge, this one is very tiny and so on. You can never put them together. So that's why it's, that's why it's, it's a, a big risk right. to at, even to attempt to separate them at all. For that reason, you have to have time to observe them. You observe them for quite a longer period. How did you hear about this case? Okay, I, I did pediatric surgery. And fortunately or unfortunately, I was the only pediatric doctor on the pediatric ward. The others have gone to Saudi Arabia. Their other colleague has been on long leave. So I was there. So that anything which comes to the ward becomes my challenge. Right? Not necessarily whether it's a Chinese or not. But then I was the only pediatrician I had. I mean, younger ones who were still studying but I was in charge ward. You had a big Monday. <laughs> so I was I was there when the children were brought so, so they were born in Atua. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were the Atua. Yes. Atua hospital. Yes. Yeah, so no they they couldn't they were not born spontaneous. They had cesarean sections. Yes. Because that's the you you could not Forced their way out no, so, no, they okay. Okay. so they were brought to Kolebu when, while I was in charge of the, of the ward. So, uh, it's a, it was a challenge to me because the people have been brought to you. You cannot let them die 
said, and, and in medicine, you are supposed to save life. So, Doctor, you're in Kolebu, head of, you are the pediatric surgeon. Yes. Then they yes. bring these conjoined twins. Were you, yes. were you shocked? No. I, if I get, I, I mean, going to shock, then the children will die. <laughs> <laughs> no, the doctor should not be afraid of him. I don't, I, I, I'll never be afraid of a patient because I'm supposed to cure the, the, the patient. That's why the patient came to me. But have you done, had you done anything like that before? No. Okay, we other, other cases where we were involved in some cases, but they never existed. They all died. So if it comes in, so to me it's a challenge because I'm the pediatrician who was on the ward. There's nobody else. So if you don't do it, who was going to do it? Were the parents traumatized? Well, the parents, to be, to be frank with you, I never saw them really. They were, they were brought in and they were admitted. Uh, by the time I realized they have been admitted by the uh, nurses and so on into the emergency room. So that I don't have much to do with the parents. Okay. I have to concentrate on the, the, the children. What about your team around you, the, the young doctors who are looking up to you? How did they feel? Well, they, they, I'm sure they, they felt, I mean, it was a, something which was abnormal. They would be wondering whether I could do it or not, but they could never show it, you see. But then we go around and we say we should do that, we should do that. So everybody was up, will have to obey what I say because I have to give instructions and then when you go around, there are certain things I could look for. Then, apart from that, the doctors on my ward who were still uh, students in their postgraduate course, well, they also have questions to ask about it. And I have to explain to them, you see. But the most interesting thing is this, that it's a challenge to me, right, whether I will be able to... Uh, Take care of none of you. Everybody is now looking at you, and nobody else is there to do it or has the courage to come back in. So, what will you do? You have to go ahead. And one other thing you have to remember as a doctor, you should be frightened. But I'm, I'm scared, even, even though they said you were successful. <laughs> even now that you talk to me about what no. happened 22 years ago, it's quite scary for me the pictures and everything. Doc. Yes. Tell me about the day you made the final decision that I will do this. <laughs> How did it happen? Yes, okay. The final decision is I look at my exam examination, the, the chemical examination, the blood, enough blood, and then I don't, I don't need to transfuse any blood. They are moving all right. Their legs are moving all right. So I know that I don't have anything to do with their legs. So where I'm going to, to concentrate on where they were fused. So where were they fused? This, this particular set of trees, where were they fused? Yeah, on their, on their abdomen, for the lower portion of the abdomen, up to the, the upper portion of the chest. And which organs were involved? Well, what they were not, the, 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 the umbilicus, the, the cord. The umbilical cord. They also fused up from there, then you have the liver, the liver. together. And then from there, get to the top, I mean, upper portion of the chest. And the chest. They also all joined together. 
And then where they were fused over there, you could see that that's where the heart also starts to go to the chest. Mm. So, so that, that one was a little bit uh, tricky. Uh, trickish, not trickish, but not easier because I, I am not a cardiac surgeon. And you see, because one thing you must know is that in, in medicine, one person may not succeed to take. That's why we all we move in a in group. We have a team. You see. So uh, when I got onto the upper part of the abdomen, getting to the lower part of the chest, uh, I could see that to separate them, I may have to I may temper with something going to the chest. Because as I said earlier on, in such abnormalities, you don't know what is inside. You can see that they are fused together. But if you put your knife here or whatever, you open it, you find that, ah, there's a blood vessel which is showing its face from one other direction. So what am I going to do? So if I am not a cardiac surgeon, I may have a little bit of difficulty in hesitating how to tackle it. So what I had to do for, for those children those days was to, to get in the, the cardiac surgeon, okay. Dr. Serebo. Uh, Dr. Oh, you remember the names as well? Oh, yes. Tell me some of the people on the team. It would be nice to know. Well, we had in the Clerk Lamptey, where he was there, and then we have Pedro Mensa. So we so were four apart from the nurses and the anesthetists. So the very interesting thing about the anesthetists is that they have to put two babies at the same time asleep. Okay. So one, one of the anesthetists will be taking care of the one, one of the babies when the other one taking care of the, the, the second one. So although the two, the, there's a, a bed for, for this, this uh, I mean, Siamese children, but then two anesthetists are working simultaneously. Let me greet my friend, Dr. Nanada Zigansa, who is an anesthesiologist listening all the way from Kentucky in the U.S. I know this is a, an interview of great interest to you, and, and I salute you for what, for what you do to make surgery possible. So, yes. so you mentioned Dr. Clegg Lamte, Dr. Apidu, is that Apidu Minsa? Yes. You mentioned Srebo. Yes. And these people were all around you. Yes, yes. But in fact, apart from that, there are so many people in the theater. Everybody was, let's say, fascinated. And, and then, very interesting thing, um, everybody was watching what's happening, right? And when, one other thing I found very interesting was that at the time I was able to separate the, the liver, there was such an I mean, a huge noise in the theater. No, my theater is quiet. But as if you were at the football park, people were shouting, shouting for joy. Massive celebration. Yes. Hold it there. <laughs> springboard your virtual university. We get to the celebratory part of this medical version of your virtual university. Legends of our time celebrating the effort, the leadership, the contribution to national development of Dr. Winfred Mensa Hodassi, the first Ghanaian to separate conjoined twins. And it happened 22 years ago in the life of the Amuis. And it's just a beautiful story of how 
together with a team that surrounded him, they did what was considered impossible at the time. We'll go for a brief break and say a big thank you to, to our partners, MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank. When we come back, let's find out that four and a half hour operation, including the stadium-like celebration, the details of how it went, and then tr- trace back to Peki Avetili how a teacher's son could end up becoming a history maker. Please don't go away. Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead, feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From Trotro passenger to tier robot car owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you are free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From tabletop trader to supermarket owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, our special edition called The Legends of Our Time, celebrating the life and the work of Dr. Winfred Mensah Hodassi, the first Ghanaian to separate with a team, to separate two conjoined twins and it happened on the 19th of may 1999 and 22 years later we sit to talk about that achievement and the fact that these two lovely ladies are living a normal life enjoying their life thankful to god every day and anytime they pray doc anytime they pray to god it's a blessing on you because your obedience made it possible for them to be alive today it must feel very special (laughs) well uh, you are saying I'm special, but I don't feel myself to feel very special. Uh, all I know is that uh, I have to do something. I have to live, let the children come alive, isn't it? And as a doctor, my aim is to save life and not to destroy it. One interesting thing about it, this particular case, the liver, I cannot just put a knife through it. No, because you're going to destroy a lot of things. So there is a different way of um, 
separate in that one. So, fortunately, uh, in Africa, let's say in Ghana, you make use of what you have. They are somewhere in the States or they are British or whatever it is. They may have more instruments than you have. So, in Africa, you make use of what you have because if it is somewhere in, in, in Britain, before you start, you don't have certain instruments. They can order the instrument for you. But here in Ghana, it will take another six months, one year before it comes. So you have to make do with what you have. Let me, let me follow the sequence. Which, which organs do you tackle first? Oh, you start from the, the, from the, from the, from the front, that is the, the, the abdomen. First of all, you must, you must open it up to see what you are finding. Okay. So I, I take care of the, the, the skin, from there go down, then you can see the organs, everything correctly. So when you open it up, open like that, you can inspect all the organs and see whether the anatomy is, 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 is normal or not. Sometimes they have, at a certain point, something like, not a tumor, but then it's enlarged. So what is this? You have to think about what is going to be. Because as I said, with the CMEs, you don't know what you're expecting the next moment because there are other abnormalities. So for that reason, you go slowly, gen gently, and every step is important. So in this case, which of the organs in your opinion, was the most complicated? <laughs> I would say, well, I wouldn't say most complicated. They are all complicated. Tricky, scary, frightening. Yes, yes. Because, <laughs> because uh, and if it's a normal body, I'm going to operate on him. Let's say he has something that's on the, on the, on the let's say, on the stomach. I know how to tackle it. But in this one, the whole body could have abnormalities. So I cannot predict before unless I move forward gradually and then we can see that this is uh, most, let's say, challenging. Just like I go to where the, I, thought, I called Dr. Serebo to come and help where the the cardiac region was there because I was, I'm not a cardiac surgeon and uh, he's a cardiac surgeon. He has a different eye for me. He sees it differently and I see it differently. So when he comes in there, then he could tell you, okay, let's go this way, do this way. So when the difficult portion is over, then I can release him, then I continue. So it's like a shift. Yes, so that's how it is. Let me, let me ask you, why was there a big celebration when the liver was separated? <laughs> yes, that's the, the, the interesting portion. You see, everybody was expecting something to occur. When we started the operation, the theater was very quiet. You can, if something falls on you, 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 but then I'm sure everybody's expecting something. Okay, so every, those who are closer, they were observing what's happening and seeing what is happening. So the, the, the excitement came on when the main liver was separated because people, the way it is, you didn't know where to tackle, right? 
But then, if you are able to tackle it and it's just separated, it's the biggest joy you can have. And not the joy for the spectators, but for me myself, is the biggest joy to so be able a huge to shout and everybody will celebrate. I wouldn't shout. But they shout. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the whole room, it was, I think it was at the stadium where they are playing football, you have scored, scored a, a goal. That, that excitement. Yes. So, uh, the only thing I can remember is that, well, like some satisfaction. I got some satisfaction that I'll be able to say because uh, the little mistake you may cause the death of the children. You see, so going and you are able to do that. That is it's a big joy for you, the surgeon yourself. You know, we surgeons to, although we are hard as you, when you do something good, you also you feel happy. Mm. You feel happy. Let's push on. So you finish the surgery in four and a half hours, and then yes. what happened? Well, you go and relax. <laughs> that day you went to relax. Oh yes. So the moment you see what is that? No surgeon will leave his patient on the operating table and go go away. You must finish. Where you open, you close it up. So the patients were carried back into the incubator. Yeah, they were taken from no to the to the what do you call it uh, uh, recovery ward. Okay. Right. Or at the, from there, there are stages they go because the anesthetist has to make sure you get enough oxygen, this and that. So we have procedures which we follow until it goes to recovery ward before when it gets from there before it goes to the ward. Then when it goes to the ward, then you know that you are really. Uh, finished. But then that is even not the end yet. Because you can go to the world, but for the next two minutes later, you may collapse and die again. So when did you, when did you get assurance in your heart that this one, you are fine? <laughs> okay, first of all, the first assurance that is come from the operation table. Right. Gone to the to recovery. The recovery ward. Okay. Then from there, when you go back to the ward, then you are extra sure that you have finished. And when you get there, there are other, other parameters to look out for, whether there's the bleeding here or whatever, are they breathing all right, or so on. All those things are still on you, right? Did they pop out on your head? Did, how, tell me, how was your personal celebration like? In my, my own... I mean, after the successful operation, did it pop out of your head? Did it carry you? How, how did it feel? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, the, the, you mean the patients? I mean, the, the patients, the, the staff, the people in the ward. Oh, yeah. What was history made? What happened? Well, from there, everybody goes back to his way. Just like that? Yes. I mean, okay, there are discussions around little pockets of... People discussing that, oh, this is all right. But I will not hear it anyway. Because when I finish my, my operation, I also go to sit somewhere relax. You see. So that night when you slept, how did you feel? That's why? That night when you slept, how did you feel? <laughs> I'm very curious. Well, I can, I can still not remember that one. But the only thing that some satisfaction. That's the satisfaction. And then you keep on finding out whether... They are alive or they are having complications. We phone the ward even the night. Therefore, I, if I ask a surgeon, well, even when I'm at home and 
I'm asleep. And you call me. I know already what's happening there because I focus my mind looking because I might have been expecting some other thing which be okay. So you ask the nurse, what about this? What about that? What about that? Then you say, okay, there you go at this. Year. Oh, I'm coming over. So that the doctor, the nurse, I'll put this way, sleep like a log. No. The moment you call him, he, he knows already what's happening because the moment you are awake, you know how you left it and what you were you're expecting to see certain things. So you just focus your mind on it. You know what's happened already. Fast track to 2021. You recently met the two young ladies yes, aged yes, yes. 22. How did you feel? Actually, um, that's the first time I've seen them. You see, when the, the children were born, when I finished the operation, well, they were not feeling very fine. So I gave it to the pediatrician. But then when they were discharged, I didn't know. So for 20, 22 years, I never saw them until I saw them after 22 years. How do you feel? First of all, uh, you, you yourself, I mean, th there's some joy in you. There was something that I asked for. There was, um, I, I know there's a scar somewhere, which was uh, some sort of problem where that scar came because I had to use my scalpel to incise a certain portion. So that created a, a little bit of a sore and that will heal with a scar. So the first thing I asked the, the, the children or their father, is the scar still there? They said, yes. And I said, okay. The day I'll see them completely, I'll explain to them how the scar came there. Wow. Because I still know why... What exactly caused it. Yeah, I know why the scar was... How I, that scar was created. This is, I still remember exactly how the scar, the, that place became a scar. So the day I'll see them again, I'll explain to them how they got that scar. Doc, yeah, I'm sure you're watching you with, with a smile on their faces, seeing... Well, it's possible. Seeing, oh, they are watching. Everybody watching the, the virtual university all across the country and across the world as okay. we celebrate you today. This is your special day. Yes. Does it feel sometimes like 19th May is another birthday? <laughs> yes, it is. Because uh, it is a joy that you see them after 22 years, you see. Uh, and then as somebody said, if you had not separated them, they might have gone off, right? So, so far as they are alive, that is also my joy, joy that they are alive, you see. And I'm sure they themselves, uh, from, the, the, from them, what they said, they just said they are very happy to live because otherwise they would not be existing now. I want to thank the team at GBC for celebrating you not too long ago on that very special show. And my friend Kafri Gay and the team for putting that show together. That was a beautiful celebration. And anyone who has ever written about your work, celebrated it over the years, Vance Azu, anyone who has done any work, literary work or media work to celebrate your efforts, we salute all of them because that's what it should be about, celebrating achievement. But Doc, take us back to 
81 years ago. I mean, I mean, you are 82 now. Yes, I mean, yes. Let's let's go back to your beginnings. A teacher, a catechist, son in Peking. Yes. Did you ever think you'd become a medical doctor? No, actually, I was. Um, my father, he was a catechist. We were, we come from Peking, and that's where I was born. But then I didn't go to school at uh, Peking. By that time, my parents were transferred to Ada, so I started school at Ada. You see, uh, at the age of five, I went to. I was interested in going to school, so I was as a catechist teacher, uh, headmaster. Well, you like to follow your father, so I went to school. I started school a bit earlier, right? And then from uh, Akuse, from Ada, then my father was transferred to Akuse. So I, I got to at, at Akuse, then after, when I was in those days, standard one. Then uh, my sister, uh, who finished Wesley College, when the teacher was transferred to Somanya. So I went to stay with her at Somanya. So it was Somanya when, after the common entrance, I was able to get to Infantopim so that uh, I continued as Infantopim until I left to go into medicine. Right. So you read the medicine in Germany? Yes. Actually, even, uh, I was not hoped, I was not. Uh, it was not my first choice to do medicine. I did mathematics. I was going to do engineering or going to do, to do physics later on. But then, uh, curiosity. I wanted to also travel outside to study outside. And fortunately for me, uh, there were a lot of scholarships at all time. So, uh, I applied to, to, to do telecommunication engineering. I also applied to do the, to do the interview for the medicine uh, because I was qualified for it. Although I didn't do zoology or botany, I did physics, chemistry, and so on. But then I was called for the interview. And that interesting portion of that is the interview for uh, medicine was called earlier. So I went there, and then uh, after the interview, we went home. Two weeks later, I was called for another interview for telecommunication engineering. So I went there again. Then the same panel was interviewing us. So when the man saw me, he said, what do you want? You just came here. I said, yes, I came for interview. Then what do you want again as well? I don't know whether I've passed or not. He said, go out, go out. Oh! <laughs> so I, I, I went out, and then just after a few days, I, was, I got the result that I had been given uh, scholarship for medicine. Do you know the name of the man who has to go out? Fine. Do you know the name of the man who has to go out? Oh, I can We have about four or five people, those days. Whoever that man is, we thank him. <laughs> <laughs> so one panelist on the scholarship team said go out because he knew you had gotten the medicine yeah, so, well anyway I was happy although I didn't I didn't plan to do medicine but I just wanted to have a scholarship you see 
so well, I started to go and look at my biology books and so on to, to look at. Uh, because those days you had about some six months before you go. go away. So I started uh, reading more about uh, zoology and so on. Because I didn't do zoology and so on. Then you went to Dortmund? Yes. That's right. So you went to Dortmund in Germany? Yes. So then I, I went to uh, Germany. Uh, I, I studied in the University of Heidelberg. Heidelberg first, okay. Heidelberg. And uh, uh, then after the basic medicine, after the, uh, in, in what do you call it, horsemanship, I decided to do surgery. Now, this is an interesting thing because I had a sister who was then a sister, one of the nurses at the, at the hospital from Howell Hospital, dental grad, and she said, surgeons are very important. They are very brilliant people, and they do very do, do well. So if you can do surgery, that will be fine. So, okay, it, I kept it in my mind. So when I finished medicine, I said I was going to do surgery. So that's so, how So I we thank the man in the scholarship team who sacked you from the engineering one. Then we thank your sister who told you to do surgery. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wow. Before then, when I was at Infantipin, I chose, I chose to, I wanted to do theology. I was interested in, in the scriptures. I was going to do theology. At Infantipin those days, if you want to do theology, they must do some Greek. So I started first, first, I mean, a, a term to, to learn uh, Greek. Then, when I went on holidays, then my sister, who I stayed with before I went to come and chance, she said, "Oh, why did you choose uh, Greek in your because I wanted to do Greek, Latin, and so I wanted to go and do theology." Then said, uh, "The Greek, Greek you are doing is a, is a dead language. Why do you Ooh. want to do that?" So I said, "Okay." So. I was a bit sad anyway. But then when I went back to school, as the first term in Form 4, I had a good friend there called Jerry Coleman. Jerry Coleman was very good in mathematics. He was good friend. So I went to Jerry. I saw Jerry. Jerry, I, I don't want to do Latin and Greek again. So I'm going to do mathematics. So Jerry, you and I will start learning mathematics. So I started learning mathematics. And that was in Form 4? Yes, Form 4. One year to your O-level. Yes. That, that, that is, you, you choose your subjects on the four. So from 4, then because of my, my good friend Jerry Coleman, unfortunately he's not a, alive now, I would have said, I would have shaken his hands because he made, he made me be interested in the mathematics. So we thank Jerry, Jerry Coleman. We celebrate his memory as well yes, for yes. giving you foundations in math. Yes, so I did mathematics and I did mathematics, federal mathematics, chemistry and so on for the sixth form and then I went for the interview. After my postgraduate course in pediatric surgery, I applied to the University of Ghana. There's, that, at that time, there was a, the, the University of Ghana, I'm sure they still have, they have a, a, an office in London, 
So I applied that I went to I finished my course. I went to join the medical school in in Kalibu. So at the, the 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 registrar at that time was London. He came to Germany to Dusseldorf to interview me. Yes. So from there, I got my appointment letter straight away from Kalibu. Uh, from the medical school to join the, uh, the medical, what to call it, uh, medical school. So when I, I from Germany, I came straight to Kolebu, where where I, I became part of the department of surgery. So uh, uh, luckily, to uh, I was given transport. I was collect. They came to take me from the airport. That time, medical school, they were very active. They, they sent the, the driver and the, to take my luggage and the family straight away to the, the bungalow at Kolebu. So I came straight from Germany, straight to Kolebu. When you look back at your entire career, yes. having retired now, would you see that that particular surgery was one of the momentous days of your entire career? Well, yes, you see, um, well, what do I say? I was, it's, I would say that it was just a challenge to me. So it was a challenge to me, you see, because uh, 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 if other, other cases were not existing, I mean, because of the, 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 the perish, right, so... Uh, when this one came on, uh, it's a, it was a challenge to me. And they made it. Yes. So your people of the people of Peki published this book, Peki, the historical yes. game changer, the role of the EP Church, and your story is captured as one of the stories in this book. Yes. Whenever you are celebrated like that, how do you feel? <laughs> you know, uh, the the story about this book. I didn't know that this book was existing. You know, I have a clinic in Fesano, Hobart Clinic. Yes, I've seen it. And I was sitting over there when the writer, Mr. Safo, came to the clinic one day. Nice bound hard case book. Yes. Yes. You know, he came and said, they are writing this book. They have, they would like to add mind to it because it, is, it was something which was strange to them. If they put it in the book, maybe more people will be interested to read this book because this is for picky. Okay, but I come from picky too, so okay, as one of the people from picky, so I will, I will let's say, um, bring up the name of picky. So that's okay. So then I asked, how did you know I operated on these children? He said, a friend of his told him about the, my operation. So at first, I was not very, I mean, uh, I was not, I was reluctant really. To, because, I don't know, I, I, I didn't want to make myself unnecessarily popular. I, I, my character says that I like to, to stay Quiet in, in my life. I was saying, I love <laughs> Yes. Yeah, because, you see, <clears throat> if I wanted to, <clears throat> I mean, uh, publicize this one, 
Then I should have done it when the children were born. But 20, 22 years, I didn't expose anything. So when Mr. Safo came, he said he wants to put my profile into this book and they talk a little bit about it. That's Chinese. And uh, I say, I don't like popularity. He said, no, but this one is special, so put it there. So you will see in the book, in the profile, mine was the last one. So he came to me and I said, I didn't know him. I said, okay. He came back again, okay, I'll give it to you. So I gave him my script and so on and how he was able to... I think it's a great publication. I, w I really want to salute um, the team that put that book together. Yes. yes. Almost 500 pages, yes. well-bound, yes. quality print, yes. and, and I think a document for posterity. I support the effort at documenting achievements because yes. if not, it will be done by oral tradition and some of the details will be lost. We found out how you felt... I didn't ask you what you ate after the surgery, but, yeah. but let me ask you now, what did you eat after the surgery? <laughs> Do you know what you ate? Do you remember what you ate? Well, oh, I can't remember again. <laughs> so if you had documented everything, you would know that you maybe <laughs> ate some fertility and some play. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. No, I can't remember again. So many years ago. Right. But you know what? We remember what you've told us today because you've shared these wonderful nuggets with us. And I want to say a big thank you to you if I may say so, on behalf of the nation, the continent, and all the people of Ghana for, for the outstanding effort you did in leading your team to do that, that wonderful surgery so many years ago. And here at Springboard, we love celebrating people. And so, on the occasion of this interview, on behalf of the team at Springboard, here is a beautiful glass plaque. Oh, Celebrating a legend, Dr. Winfred Mensah Hodasi, the first surgeon in Ghana to lead a team to successfully separate Siamese twins in 1999, presented by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation this, in October. This is very surprising to me. 2021. You know, I've never met you before. Sir, we've been following your story for quite a while, and on behalf of Team Springboard and the Pool of Ghana, we celebrate you by presenting this wonderful plaque to you. We want to say that we are proud of your achievements. We thank you for what you have done. This is yours. Oh, this is lovely. Yeah, I'm very surprised because this is my first time of knowing, coming over here. Uh, then not know you've done some homework long ago. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank and you. let's end the show on the note of appreciation. Hold your plaque up for the world to see. And what we are just seeing as a people is that we want to celebrate you while we have the blessing of having you here with us. We want to thank your wife, thank your family, thank our friend Jerry, who is your son. Yes. And for introducing... Proud of him. Yes, we, we are proud of him as well here at Springboard. He's a good friend of ours. And just thank you for what you have done for country and for what you represent. Anytime you see this plaque yes. in your house, in your home, yes. smile and know that Ghana celebrates its heroes. So on that very beautiful note, I want to say a big thank you to you, Dr. Hodasi, for coming on the show today. I hope that this has been a nice occasion for wonderful. you. Wonderful. It's been very wonderful. The fact is uh, I didn't expect so much appreciation, uh, but... Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm lost away. <laughs> well, I'm very happy. Uh, first of all, that I was able to do such an operation. That is, when the, I, I was, we were having the interview that day, the, the commentator was asking whether I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. And with the help of God, I was able to operate on these children. Uh, and I'm very happy that I've been invited and given this plaque. And uh, I will always remember what you've done for me. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. So on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort, we want to see our congratulations to a legend of our time, Dr. Winfred Mensa Hodasi. We also would like to thank our partners on this broadcast, MTN Pulse, the UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group that is always at the forefront of the wonderful things that we do, and then specially celebrate the multimedia group for creating the platforms. And on Tuesday in the graphic business, please read the full transcript of this interview with Dr. Winfred Mensa Hodasi. Let us immortalize his memory and celebrate the gallant achievement of a man from Peki Abetile who believed that the twins could live. And today, 22 years later, we have two wonderful young ladies living a full life because you believed. Thank you, sir, and Thank God bless you. Thank you very much. And so on behalf of Team Springboard, my name is Albert Okran saying God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Turn it on. No more searching.